0: Hello, Podketeers and welcome to episode 55. This last week, the Disney community lost a legend when Blaine Gibson passed away, and in this episode, we talk a little bit about who he was and how big a part he played in the Disney company. In this episode, we also draw a winner for the Disney Infinity 3.0 Mickey Mouse, and have an interesting story about the projection in the seance room that we've talked about in previous episodes inside of the Haunted Mansion that I think you are going to appreciate. This episode also kicks off our Podketeer's Dreamers Diary segments with an artist that we admire a lot, our friend Gavin Otteson. Uh, If you're not following him on Instagram where he posts most of his art, you should. (laughs) He's at Gavin Otteson Art, and that's spelled G-A-V-I-N-O-T-T-E-S-O-N-A-R-T. We are very happy to have him on the podcast to talk about him, his art, how he got started and everything. So stay tuned at the end of the episode to listen to that. Uh, A quick reminder that July 12th is our next Podcateers Day at the Movies, and we'll be watching Inside Out at the AMC in Downtown Disney. Just as we did for Tomorrowland, we're going to be getting together after the movie at Trader Sam's to record a short segment for an upcoming episode. Uh, If you'd like to check out the invite that we've put together, head over to podcateers.com slash insideoutmovie, and you get a little bit more info. You'll be able to join and all that good stuff. For the first time, uh, I'm actually very happy to say that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of audiobook content, and you can get a free audiobook to give them a try when you sign up using our special link at audibletrial.com slash podcateers. You can also go to podcateers.com and click on the Download a Free Audiobook Graphic on the homepage. Uh, remember that more info on this and other episodes is also available at podcateers.com. You can give our page a like by going to facebook.com slash podcateers. And we're at podcateers on Instagram and Twitter. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and all of your support. Here is episode 55 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. Three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is So How do you think Javier is feeling right now? Javier's not here. <clears throat> you didn't realize oh, that? yeah. It's it's so much quieter than yeah. it normally is. I thought it was quieter than usual. yeah. I, I will tell you this much. I'm not going to have to add any hard limiters to the audio so that it doesn't blow out my ears.
1: <laughs> I will try hard to laugh as loud as he does. No, please like, don't.
0: Please don't. On. People like that. I love him. I hope he feels better soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just kidding. I know how bears not here. feel better. I,
0: <laughs> I know he's he's not feeling. He's very under the weather. He lost his voice because apparently he enjoyed the kaboom right. while he was riding that right. quad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, uh, it is past 4th of July, and the city smells like smoke.
1: And that it does. It's also cloudy. Very but, cloudy.
0: But we had so much fun. Eh, I had a good time. Yeah? Yeah. What would you guys do?
1: My usual. I've been doing this for the past few years. Like, there's just a really nice view mm-hmm. of, uh, like, um, the the Fairplex grounds where my girlfriend lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we just watch all the fireworks there from their backyard. It's really nice.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah, we had a um, we we do pretty much the same thing every year. Also, we head over to my wife's parents' house, my in-laws' house, and uh, you know they buy all the standard stuff. And a lot of people in the city have some really pretty things, and so we just sit around and drink some beer and let the magic happen. Sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's family that always comes over. We had some family from Arizona come over. That was fun. We hadn't seen them in a couple years. Uh, I got to try the, the the Black House, the special one. What would you think? It was amazing. You
1: sent us a picture with it.
0: I did. It was fantastic. And it was fantastic for me because I'm a huge fan of coffee. Mm-hmm. The original Black House that we had, the can, it already tastes a lot like coffee. Right. And I really enjoyed that one. But this one, it's like... Imagine going to Starbucks and getting an iced coffee versus an iced coffee with, like, two or three espresso shots. Right. This was the intensity of that two or three espresso shot coffee. Wow. But beer. And it had such a good coffee taste. I'm, I'm in love with it. I don't think I can do it at $10 a bottle. It's got to be, like, a once-a-month type deal as long as it's available. But I'm so for this beer. Okay, one of my
1: favorite beers is actually the Imperial Russian Stout that Stone releases every April, April. April. It's in time for tax season. It's the IRS. But uh, (laughs) they... uh,
0: (laughs) I see what they did there.
1: Very clever. (laughs) Um, Once they released an odd year edition where they they mixed it with something and they mixed it with espresso. And that thing was delicious. I hate that they don't make it anymore because it was just a limited release. But, um, man, that thing was dangerous. Because you couldn't taste the coffee in that. So, of course, you're drinking it, and it's really strong, so you start to get a little faded. You pass out, and by like 3 o'clock, I was up already because I had coffee in it, mm. and I just didn't know what to do.
0: But it was amazing. The, the flavor is fantastic. Modern times, I tip my hat to you. You guys did a fantastic job with not only the regular Black House, but this special edition one, and I am just... So, for it.
1: Yeah, you guys are good stuff. And I haven't tried that special edition, but I want to get my hands on it. So,
0: be careful because they did two special editions, and one of them does have coconut. Oh, really? It is listed on the bottle. Okay. So, uh, if you look at the label that I posted on the Instagram account, we'll put it up in the blog post for this episode. But there's two of them. They did this one that, that was just kind of like an intense version of the regular Black House. Mm-hmm. And then they did a special one that actually had notes of coconut and more oh, chocolate and stuff right. like that. So, be careful which one you get. I will. So. Speaking of food, did you see the crazy Avengers pancakes video that I sent you?
1: How ridiculous was that? Right? That guy's amazing.
0: I know. So check this out, guys. I sent I sent the guys this video where, you know, we talked about this this guy in the Beatles episode last year. Also where, impressive. Right. Where this guy just had pancake batter, like in a in a little squeezy bottle. Mm-hmm. And what he was doing was he was overcooking... Things that he would design on a skillet slightly enough so that they browned more than other parts that he would fill in with the same squeezy bottle. And he got lights and darks on a pancake, but made them look like the faces of the Beatles. Right. And they look like the animated versions of the Beatles, but nonetheless, it was the Beatles. This guy, uh, what did he call himself? Dan Cakes. Dan Cakes. <laughs> this guy. I name what he did was he created different color pancake batters, Mm -hmm. and he created the Avengers.
1: Right, because he was doing the same squeeze bottle thing, you know? He was
0: like, he just dyed the pancake batter Mm -hmm. different colors. It was just so amazing what he did with these characters. I I can barely make a regular pancake. (laughs) Nonetheless, make designs from a squeezy bottle. Yeah,
1: like the the detail that went into all of them, it was like ridiculous. The time and effort that had to go into this, because clearly he sped up the videos, but that it was phenomenal
0: either way i mean imagine i would watch it in in real time right you know because i'm just interested like well how long did this like take but i'm going to insert a random javier laugh right here <laughs>
2: <laughs> <All> right. <God>. <laughs> <laughs> it had to happen some point. Uh, yep that's right it had
0: to happen at some point yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so impressed with what this guy was doing with these bottles. Which
1: by the way, if you guys watch the video, you're going to get what I'm saying. If you haven't seen it yet, just go ahead and watch it. This guy's phenomenal. But look, I'm always going to pick at things. And is it wrong of me to like be to like critique the fact that he made these really impressive pancakes, but he couldn't write the name backwards and flip over the pancake batter yeah. like
0: <laughs> Which one do you think was the weakest design of all of them?
1: I wouldn't say weakest because, again, all ridiculously impressive. But, but
0: let's I... say it on the count of three. Okay, that's right. All right. Three, two, one. Iron, Iron Man. Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just yeah. the, it looked great. Yeah. But compared to what he did with the other ones, it was just like, all right, it's not, it's good, but not the best. Like, and the weirdest part is that he's got the simplest face of all of yeah, them. Yeah,
1: exactly. When you think about the detail that went into, like, the other ones, because, like, that Hulk one was, like, this huge pancake, you know what I'm saying? Which and,
0: I would totally kill, by the way.
1: Yeah, me too. And just, like, everything that had to go into creating, like, every vein and the colors yeah. and stuff like that, really impressive. So, you would think something less detailed, like that Iron Man one, was going to be a little simpler. It just seemed off to me.
0: Yeah. I was a little disappointed, but I think I was more disappointed because Iron Man's my favorite Avenger. Right. And I was just... I, I I was excited when I knew what was coming, but at the same time I was like, "Ah, oh, that's what I got." Mm-hmm. <sighs> Javier looked better. <laughs> Insert Javier laugh again. <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, he's a part of the episode. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> Uh yeah, nonetheless, we'll go ahead and we'll put the video up uh in the blog post for this episode, guys. Check it out over at slash episode 55 I'm telling you, this guy is fantastic. I wish I could do this. I bow down. Yeah, guys, you'll be blown away this for sure. Fantastic. Yep, so. So, your favorite ride opened at Disneyland again finally?
1: Yes, it did.
0: Are you excited? Yes,
1: I am. I cannot wait to go back. How long do you think the wait in that line was now?
0: I don't know. We got invited. Well, I guess every annual pass holder got invited. I'm right. talking about it like, hey, you know how I'm yeah, special. Of course. Yeah, I'm not. You got privileges. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I saw that there was an AP preview, and all you had to do was show your annual pass, go mm-hmm. stand in line. Some people were saying that it was about an hour to write it. Some people were saying it was about two, but that was only because it was for annual pass holders. Right. I don't know what the general wait time is right now. Uh, It is summer vacation, so I'm assuming during the week you're going to get at least an hour wait out of it unless you show up early and make it the first thing that you do. Yeah,
1: but if you think about it, I mean, that was always the case with it anyways. You were looking at a 60 to 75-minute wait for it. For everyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Peter Pan's flight just reopened at Disneyland. It's been closed since January. It's a huge deal. I love that ride, and now it's open again. Um, But yeah, I mean, the, the wait in line for Peter Pan's flight was always like an hour, hour 15, things like that, so... I can't even imagine how long that line's going to be now.
0: I assume it's going to be the same because they got a really good uh, movement system in that ride. Yeah, The queue, you know, one of the most disappointing things is that they don't have the space to plus up the queues like they do at Walt Disney World. Because if you've seen what they've done with like the Haunted Mansion queue, with the Winnie the Pooh queue and stuff like that, I would love to have them bring some of that interactivity over to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. But there's just no space. right? You know, because Fantasyland is just so small. Of everything that they've added or everything that they've, you know, done to the rides, they did a really great job with Alice with all the projections and stuff like that. And uh, have you seen videos of it on YouTube yet?
1: I know it's not your thing, but I cheated. I saw it. Okay.
0: (laughs) So I'm going to ask you to talk about it. And what the differences were. So if you guys haven't been on the ride yet, know that there's a spoiler coming. Because at this point, I just want to know. I haven't seen it. But since you've already seen it, why don't you talk about some of the changes of this new version?
1: Now, for starters, you actually hit the nail on the head about um, just the limited space that they have on there. They actually did say that that was one of the challenges of changing this ride. They didn't want to mess with the building structure. I mean, it just got to a point where if you're going to make an effect possible in that right now you're gonna have to kind of mess with a few of the things in there but they did keep the structure as close as they possibly could uh one of the major differences you see right at the beginning of the ride is instead of the kids lying in bed waiting for the window to open to take you to neverland now they're flying away um they they made the scene the london scene which i love the scene is my favorite part of the ride just flying over london i i thought the effect was like beautiful just the way it was in the the 50s version of the ride But apparently they made it darker, and then all the little lights that make the city, they brighten those up just slightly a little bit. Oh, okay. There is a phenomenal... I don't know if it's supposed to be Tinkerbell or if it's supposed to be like the
0: second star to the right. The second star to the right shines in (laughs) night for you. Really? Really? (laughs) Dude, you have no idea how much paint the night has affected me internally. (laughs) I hear that from a lot of people, so... It's, it's like seriously it's like all the feels all at once i i, um,
1: hate, I have yet to see that by the way so i what no wait the oh. last time i was at disneyland i was only there to like what the middle of the day
0: something like that oh that's right yeah, yeah. that's right i'm sorry so but uh, going. so what was it again
1: there's a really nice like effect it's a really nice glowing effect it's almost like swirling in every direction the way kind of um like atoms they they kind of reproduce that like the the spinning oh okay things like okay. that And i don't know if it's supposed to be a a representation of Tinkerbell or the star or whatnot, but that looks beautiful, too. And this is projected? Uh Yes. yes okay. It is. The rainbow that you remember, once you're actually in Neverland, yes. now it actually, like, displays. Yeah. It actually reveals itself instead of actually uh, just being there. That's so cool. So they did a lot of stuff with, like, the effects there. The waterfall actually looks like it's flowing now. The, 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 the overall water where Captain Hook's, like, ship is and stuff like that, It's actually looks like flowing water now. And apparently, mm-hmm. this part I couldn't spot. But if you actually pay really close attention, it actually looks like the crocodile swimming around Captain Hook's ship.
0: That's very cool. So
1: it was all really tiny things. They didn't try to change the ride at all. Okay. They kept it as is. They just kind of played more with the effects and stuff like that. It looks beautiful. It looks really nice.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that they actually did something about the lights in London Mm -hmm. and just how they brightened that that entire scene up. That and the Neverland scene are my two favorite parts of that entire ride. Just how you're flying over that You know, the scale of it versus you flying over. I love that part. It's also one of the most challenging things in Fantasyland to photograph because of how you're flying and how dull it looked. Unless you had a camera with, you know, with an ISO range that basically could shoot in darkness. Mm -hmm. It was really difficult to get some shots out of that. I bet. And I've, I've gotten some decent shots. But never anything that I was truly happy with. And I mean, I'm never really truly happy with anything that I do. But these especially just kind of made me feel like, oh, I just just it doesn't look good. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. So I'm glad they've made it just a little bit easier for us. Mm-hmm. That's, that's totally why they did it. They're oh, like, of course, oh, photographers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, photographers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They have a hard time photographing yeah. this, so we're just going to plus it up for them. Right. Especially that Hazen guy. We like what he does. Yeah, exactly. like, wait, <laughs> Hazen's going to take a picture of this. We need to be ready. Uh, they don't care about me. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they did that. I wonder which ride is going to go next.
1: Yeah. But I actually like that they didn't do much changing to the ride. They kept it as is and just kind of played with a little bit of effects. I wonder if they removed the hidden Mickey. I've never believed there's actually a hidden Mickey in London. I've heard that. I've never seen it myself. I I, kind of hang outside the ship just to kind of get a closer look at it. It kind of looks like he's in that building, but I still Hmm. don't believe it.
0: Hmm. Maybe somebody can get close with a selfie stick. Oh, no, Hmm. they can't. No, No, you can't. (laughs) No selfie stick for you. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fan of all these changes that are coming, so I'm excited to see what they do to some of the other rides. Speaking of changes,
1: I finally got to see the Hatbox Ghost.
0: What did you think?
1: Phenomenal. Right? It was the greatest thing I had seen. Right? Which, by the way, you know what else I got lucky over? Hmm. I mean, it wasn't right in front of him. I was a few, like, Doom buggies down. But they stopped the ride, obviously, because someone broke some kind of rule. So I got to stare at them for like a really good long time. Nice. The effect
0: is brilliant. I was so happy with how it turned out, especially with all the challenges that they had with the original Hatbox Ghost. Right. The way that they pulled this off just looks so good. Yeah,
1: it looks amazing.
0: You know, I have a fairly good idea as to how they pulled it off, and I saw the behind the scenes video. So I know that the effect could have easily been ruined, and you could have started to see some of the background stuff, and some of the elements that put it together. But the Imagineers that ended up working on it did a really, really good job of masking all of that so that you didn't see the effect in case you did get stuck in front of it. Right. And that's, I think, probably the best part about this addition to the Haunted Mansion. Right. I got to ask, head on shoulders or head in the box? I like the head on the shoulders. Really? Yeah. Uh, For some reason, the, the head in the box looks a little more distorted to me just because yes, it looks too. smaller yeah but i got to agree the head on the shoulders i think just looks
1: so good just the look overall <laughs> it's it's fantastic the movement of the body yeah like it's really impressive the the surrounding too i just i love what they did with that area right there
0: I don't think I've ever put my camera down long enough to enjoy the surrounding area. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of these days I will. Right. But I've seen pictures of it. Yeah. Even some of my pictures have some of those items in the area. I'm glad that they set it up that way. It's bad that you don't get to enjoy some of the background elements as much, but I guess it would take away from some of the magic that's there. Right. I'm glad that you brought up the mansion. I got something awesome to tell you about the mansion. All right. Well,
1: don't forget. It's just – to me, it's kind of funny because – even that movement there, you know what I'm saying? Because you're gonna stare at the hatbox ghost a little bit before you actually turn and fall back from the mansion. <laughs> the the movement, like it feels weird that it's not the same movement anymore in that yeah. Doom buggy for some reason. Like it just feels off to me. Yeah, it's like
0: shouldn't I be turned backwards by now? Like, it, but it's interesting. I love the way that ride is now. So, so check this out. <clears throat> I was doing some reading and some investigative reporting. Uh, the reason I was doing a lot of reading on. You know, the specific character is because, you know, friend of the show, Javier Soto. Right. You know, he's very, very talented artist. Uh, recently, I got a chance to do some pictures of of a caretaker mm-hmm. and the dog from inside the mansion yeah. that he's building as a custom for D23. So, first of all, Javier, thank you so much. I really appreciate that opportunity. Uh, those pictures are going to be in the D23 catalog, which yeah. is just one of, I near lost, <laughs> lost my mind, you could say. Oh, yeah. You know, he told me, oh, yeah, it's for a catalog. And I thought it was for a catalog for internally for his job, you know, because right. he works at Garner Holt. You know, mm-hmm. they do a lot of these animatronics. They do a lot of movie sets and stuff like that. They're, his team was actually responsible for the new Herald.
1: Which, by the way, also impressive. Right, it's right. Metal, right. right?
0: Yeah. Uh, when I went over to take pictures of the caretaker, he was showing me a couple of other projects that he's going to work on. And I'm actually able to talk about this one because he finally posted something about it. What he's doing is a three-foot vinylmation. mation. With the Hatchet Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, last year when they did the Haunted Mansion anniversary thing where they had the ghostly figures and all that stuff, he was the one that did the, the bust of Ezra. The really huge bust oh, of Ezra. Wow. And the little tiny bust. Yeah, yeah. That was him. Wow. Okay, so those were his. He also had the Hatchet Man painting as one of his pieces for Ooh, that gallery. Right. Showing, right? Okay. In the mansion, when you're going through the corridor, Mm -hmm. right before you get to the clock, before you go into the seance room, there's a picture of a man with a hatchet with a rope tied behind his neck. little, you know, crotchety old looking man. And a lot of people were originally saying, that's the ghost host. Yeah. That's Master Gracie. Now, the thing about Master Gracie is that there's never been an actual story told about the ghost host. We talked about this in previous episodes. We talked about this in the mansion episode where they did the nuptial doom story and it tied everything really well together. When we talked about the Pirates of the Caribbean Mm -hmm. ride, we talked about a little a little bit more. Now, one interesting thing that I found was that the reason that all of a sudden at Disney World in their corridor, a picture of the Hatchet Man just showed up was because the Hatchet Man was going to become a more prominent player in the story of the Haunted Mansion. Hmm. This was going to be an Imagineering thing, not just a story right, right. that people came up that with and kind of, around. Like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to link everything together. But Imagineering was going to put this together. Really? Yeah. Now, I, I haven't seen the one here at Disneyland, but apparently the picture of the Hatchet Man that's at Walt Disney World, it was the same picture that you see here, the same painting where he's like, Holding the hatchet down and like the rope is hanging from his neck. Right. But if you look at like his shadow behind him, he's holding up the axe like he's about to kill somebody. Yeah. So again, I don't, I, I, I'd have to look at the one here to see if it's the same thing. But apparently that was the difference. And everybody's like, why is this guy a part of the ride? Now, here's the reason I bring it up Constance obviously had all these, you know, uh, all these husbands right. that were just dying, you know, or were getting killed by the by the bride and all that stuff. At one point, obviously, the bride had to die. Mm-hmm. Now, in nuptial doom, they gave her a reason, you know, as to why she was dead and stuff like that. But apparently, in the Imagineering version, it may have been the hatchet man mm, that really? killed
2: Constance.
0: Now, that's not fully confirmed because, unfortunately... The The Imagineer that was working on that project was moved to a different department. Oh. And because he was moved to a different department, that entire thing just kind of died. Right. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but here's why it's an interesting thing, and I know you're going to appreciate this. The projection in the seance room? Not the hatbox Ghost. No way! The original projection was the hatchet man really and the reason it was the hatchet man was because the idea was that his face was going to materialize in the seance room as you were going around so you were going to see multiple projections mm, of his really? face as he was trying to materialize before you got to constance wow yeah so i i had to share that with you and when i read that and i found that out I'm telling you, it just blew Whoa, me away. Whoa, that's genius. I know. And that was just their way of trying to link it together. So, How about that? That happened uh, several years ago. Mm-hmm. And again, I wish somebody would pick that project up, and I wish that they would give it that storyline. Wow. As far as I've read, that projection is not the Hatbox Ghost, and it wasn't a foreshadowing of the Hatbox Ghost. It was actually the Hatchet Man. How about that? Yeah.
1: I wonder if they just kind of, wow. I can't even like piece this together now. I know, but it is in existence. Apparently, now it'll be in circulation. Hopefully, they make something of that because that actually sounds brilliant.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, it's unreal. It's just, it's just really good. If they actually end up continuing building out that storyline, I'm just wondering how exactly everything is going to be linked together. Right. Because now, now that I know that there was possibly going to be an actual story. I want to hear it. Yeah, I know. I I want to hear what the official Imagineering version of this is going to be.
1: I wonder if there's any way we can find that out.
0: I am glad you said that because I'm working on it.
1: (laughs) Hmm, I thought you were going to say, because no.
0: (laughs) No, I'm working on it. I want to know too. And I'm sure that now that some of the listeners have heard that, I'm sure that they want to as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly, now it's just. Now, not just that is in my head, but if you think about it, 999 Happy Haunts, how many stories can they kind of just, like, make out of different characters? I know. I you know, know, like...
0: It's it's there. It's like, there. So,
1: Why are those ghosts hanging from the chandelier? Because they're Cause that
0: they crazy. That's why. Because they're crazy. Why did they become crazy? Because... I don't know. There you crazy. go. The
1: possibilities are endless. Are
0: endless, <laughs> yeah. So before we continue on with anything else in the podcast, uh, I have some very, very exciting news. Go on. As of this week, we have the honor of saying this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Really? Yeah. No way. (laughs) I'm so excited. So if you're unfamiliar, Audible.com is a service that was actually purchased by Amazon not too long ago. Right. And it's audiobooks. It's audiobooks that you can listen to on any iOS, any Android, Windows device, Kindle devices, obviously, because it's an Amazon company. That's right. And I'm a huge fan of Audible. I signed up for Audible in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became a huge fan of Audible because my commute was anywhere from two to six hours. Right. On a daily basis. Yeah. So I had a lot of time just sitting in the car and there was a lot of books that I wanted to read, but you can't read while you're driving. Right. So Audible became a really big part of my commute for a really, really long time. Very cool. They have a huge library. Uh, One of the books that I ended up getting through Audible was Neil Gabler's book, Walt Disney, The Triumph of American Imagination. Yeah. And they have two versions. They have the unabridged and the abridged version. The way that Audible works is basically they have this monthly service fee for a credit which will allow you to get a book, which is awesome because if you were to buy that audiobook, it's like 50 bucks, So it's a totally good deal. By signing up with us, you get a free book. Really? If you'd like to make that Walt Disney book your free book, you can do so by going to audibletrial.com slash The other way to do so is by going to podcuteers.com And clicking on the free audiobook uh, link that we have there on the homepage.
1: Oh, sorry. I'm signing up.
0: (laughs) Uh, You've never been an Audible customer before? I've never used Audible before. But I know you actually listen to books. Were you actually buying all the CDs?
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: man. I wish I would have told you more about Audible
1: before. Yeah. So you're telling me that a $15 credit can get me a book that
0: I can listen to? Yes. Yes. So for that one credit that you're getting, you actually own the book. It's not like you're renting it or anything like that. If you actually sign up for the trial, you download whatever book that you want, and you cancel it. Let's say that you you know you just realize that you know Audible is just not for you, and you cancel within the 30 days, you get to keep that book. It's your book. You can mm-hmm. listen to it whenever you want. You can pick up Audible whenever you want. And the great thing is that they are an Amazon company now, so your Amazon login can also be your Audible login. Yeah, just use my Amazon login to log in. So it's really, really seamless. It's uh, a fantastic service. I would say give it a try. It's awesome. It's free. You don't have to get the Walt Disney book. They have so many amazing titles. Again, Ready Player One was one of the books that I ended up listening through Audible. Mm -hmm. That's uh, by Ernest Cline. It's read by Will Wheaton, and he did such a great... Crazy good job of reading it. Nice. When I was reading it, I didn't put enough into it the as way he, he did, did yeah. while he was reading <laughs> it. I would try to read it when I was falling asleep or when I wasn't really paying attention. And the thing is that when I read now, it's hard for me to enjoy a book because I'm always thinking about other things. For some reason, when I read, I can't fully concentrate anymore. Right. But when I listen to a book through Audible, I can listen when I'm mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. I can listen when uh, I'm I'm cooking. I can listen when I'm in the car. And it just makes it so easy. Right. So I'm all for Audible. Again, if you guys want a free audiobook, head over to com and click on the free audiobook with Audible. Or head over to audibletrial.com slash podcateers for your free book. All right, so we are going to move on. Uh, it is with a heavy heart that we report that this past week, Disney legend Blaine Gibson passed away. Yeah. For anyone that didn't know about Mr. Gibson, he was an animator, and he was an in-between artist for uh, Disney animation for you know several years. And in 1961, I believe it was, Walt actually had seen some of his sculpting work, and he called him over to WED. While he was at WED, he was responsible for doing a lot of the sculptures of what ended up becoming audio animatronics for The Haunted Mansion, mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. The Hall of Presidents is really what he's most known for because he basically sculpted all of the presidents up through George W. Bush. Yeah, The, the thing that people see on a daily basis that some people may not even know he was responsible for is the partner statue. Yeah. So every day people walk by the statue of Walt and Mickey hand in hand in the middle of Disneyland. And it's become a very iconic piece of Disney history. He ended up uh, creating another version uh, with Roy Disney. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that one's in some of the other parks. Uh, But, you know, there's, there's a lot of Blaine Gibson in the disney parks and in disney history um we'd like to read blaine gibson's profile from the d23 website just to give you a little bit of of a background on mr gibson uh so this is directly from the d23 website and it says after animating all day at the walt disney studios blaine gibson would go home at night and sculpt it had been a favorite hobby of his since childhood then in 1954 walt disney happened to see one of blaine's art exhibits, which featured several animal sculptures, and recruited him to work on special projects for his new theme park, Disneyland. Blaine was somewhat ambivalent about being diverted from his goal to establish himself as one of the studio's foremost animators. As he recalled in 1995, I didn't think it was that important, but then I was told that Walt was expecting me to work on these projects, so I said to myself, what the heck, and went to Walt Disney Imagineering. I was never sorry after that. Born February 11, 1918, in Rocky Ford, Colorado, Blaine attended Colorado University, but left school to join the Walt Disney Studios in 1939. While working as an in-between artist and assistant animator, he took evening classes in sculpture at Pasadena City College and studied with a private instructor. Amongst his animation credits are Fantasia, Bambi, Song of the South, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Sleeping Beauty, and 101 Dalmatians. When first assigned by Walt to the Disneyland project, Blaine divided his time between sculpting and animating for the company. In 1961, he transferred full-time to WET Enterprises, joining the Design and Development Division to supervise the newly created sculpture department. Ultimately, Blaine went on to make a name for himself in 3D animation, creating hundreds of sculptures from which audio animatronic figures and bronzes were produced for exhibits at the 1964-65 New York World's Fair and Disney theme parks around the world. Among his credits are contributions to such attractions as Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, and the Enchanted Tiki Room. He also directed the sculpture of every U.S. president up to George W. Bush in 2001 for the Hall of Presidents at Walt Disney World. After nearly 45 years with the Walt Disney Company, Blaine retired in 1983. He continued to consult on such projects as The Great Movie Ride at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida. In 1993, the same year he was named a Disney legend, Blaine created a life-size bronze of Walt and Mickey Mouse standing hand-in-hand. The statue, called Partners, is located in the central hub in Disneyland and at Disney parks around the world. Blaine subsequently created a life-size bronze of Roy O. Disney, company co-founder and brother of Walt, for display in Disney theme parks. So, that's a little background on Blaine Gibson. Again, uh, what I just read is an article from the D23 website there's not a lot about Blaine Gibson available on the internet. There's there's you know other stuff in books, but that you know was a really good retrospective of you know his career with with the Disney company and stuff.
1: Right, and just I I, I heard about this with another Imagineer. I can't even remember who it was anymore, but I I love the fact that I mean this guy really like he really wanted to make an impact as an animator and an in between artist like you said he was, but like Walt finds these passions that people had, you know, and he, and he allows them to use them. I mean, for the good of just like everything overall, you know, this guy was a brilliant sculptor. You see it every day. Like you said, you walk by the partner statue, you go into like uh, moments with Mr. Lincoln. You, you look at all these things and you see how like, uh, how brilliant this guy was at just like creating these sculptures, you know, and, and Walt allowed him to kind of use his talent after he wanted to do something different and be known for these cartoons, which, by the way, I we still remember him for you know what a lot of those Disney classics that we watched and enjoyed, we're always going to remember that he's a part in it.
0: Well, Bob Gerd brought it up, you know when we talked okay, to him. Yeah, you know he was one of the people that actually mentioned that that um, he mentioned actually Blaine in that episode. He also mentioned Mark Davis and exactly what you said, you know how Walt would recognize these things in people were where, uh, where uh, Bob called it their bat Walt's batting average or their batting average, yeah. you know and. Uh, Walt had this magnificent gift to see something in you that maybe you hadn't seen in yourself. Right. You know, and I wish I had that ability. You know, right. whether it was for me or for other people or whatever the case was, and it's it's a it's a really great thing to know that you work for somebody that just believes in you that right. much. Yeah, that they're willing to just say. I know you're fantastic at this but I know you're also going to be fantastic at this absolutely yeah you know and maybe like like Mark Davis you know he's like well you're gonna do gags now he's like uh, I don't do gags right and, you know all you know you remember all these Mark Davis you know things and all the paintings that you see a lot of Mark Davis had this really great way of just painting a scene and you knew exactly what was happening. You know, you didn't have to really ask, like, well, what's going on here or what's this guy supposed to do or how are they supposed to interact? Like, you just looked at his painting and you know exactly what was going on. Right. Again, I wish I had that type of ability. Right. It's something really special.
1: I don't even know how to describe the just the fact that he saw these gifts in people to be able to do this even before they saw it in themselves. I mean, people would say that often. Walt had visions of things right he wanted them done and he would just go to a person that he believed could actually accomplish it for them the the thing about everyone in the disney studios at the time was just you just tell walt yes and you figure out how to do it later yeah but it's because he already knew you were capable of performing something like that to his standards yeah you know
0: you know i i don't think it made it into the interview but you know that's one of the things that i had a chance of talking with bob gurr about you know he He worked for the ford motor company for I want to say like two weeks i don't even remember the exact number but he worked with the ford motor company a really really short period of time before he's like uh i'm just gonna go work for this walt disney guy right you know because he told him design this car and he just had at it Mm -hmm. you know so i again it's an admirable quality and the fact that he saw this sculpting ability in Blaine Gibson, and the fact that he's known for so many of these things that we see on a daily basis, or maybe not a daily basis, but that so many people, you know, millions of people see on a yearly basis mm-hmm. every day, you know, is something very special. Absolutely. And he he will be remembered, uh, and our condolences to his family and friends. Absolutely. 97 years old, right? 97 years old. How about so, that? So, All right. Well... Uh, I think it's that time in the episode where we have to select a winner.
1: I think it's time.
0: Before we select a winner, uh, I want to let you guys know that this week we are kicking off the Dreamer's Diary segment. That's right. So I'm really excited about this because not only have we been talking about this for the last seven or eight months, we've been preparing for it. Mm-hmm. And last month during Hapbox Ghost Day, yes... Hatbox Ghost Day. It's, it's gonna be a thing. I'm not telling a you, thing. it's gonna be a it's thing. Uh, I got together with our good pal uh, Gavin Ottison. We we chatted about how he got started and how he really began to make these little miniature paintings. His background, his childhood, all that stuff. And I think it's a really good way to highlight some of the artists that don't necessarily work for Disney right now, but are just extremely talented at what they do. A lot of the internet community, especially on Instagram, is going to be familiar with a lot of these artists because it's artists that we admire. It's artists that we respect because they do phenomenal work. And this is just our way of saying thank you that they're sharing all of this with us because uh, I wish I could do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, an episode or two ago, we were talking about this precisely before we kicked it off. You were talking about how you tried to work in oil painting, and Mm -hmm. you just had the toughest time doing it. Absolutely. But uh, I'm very happy to say that we're going to kick it off this week, so stay tuned at the end of this podcast, because that is going to be coming up. So, I think it's time to choose a winner. I think it's time. Uh, First of all, thank you to everybody that signed up and became a part of the giveaway. Uh, We can't tell you how appreciative we are that you guys took the time to actually head over to the page on our website and that you guys signed up for this. We are very, very excited to give this away as our first prize of the year. We are looking forward to having a lot more of these. So what we did was we were joking around about pulling a name out of a hat. (laughs) And we said, well, you know, I'm going to be really lazy and I don't want to write all of these names down. What we ended up doing was the reason that we set it up uh, on our website was because for our newsletter, we actually use a service called MailChimp. And we exported the list of names. And we downloaded an app that we, again, we were joking around about pulling names out of a hat. So Mario did a search in the Google Play Store for Pull a name out of, of a hat. hat. <laughs> sure <laughs> enough, he found an app that has like a little magician's hat. You type in all the names of the people. In this case, we imported the export from MailChimp, the, just, you know, the names. And we're going to draw our winner. Yeah.
1: Fortunately so, for you, there was an app for that. So.
0: <laughs> fortunately <laughs> for me, there was an app for that. I didn't really want to sit here and have to type everything out. So I'm glad that you took the time to do that and found that app. I don't even know why I didn't think about searching for an app that did it. So, thank you for doing that. Oh yeah, anytime. My my typing fingers appreciate it. when When you get to the point where you can drink beer again after you are done with, you know, all this water drinking and stuff, I owe you a beer.
1: I gotta start making Sundays my cheat days again. But you know, Fourth of July, you have to. Yeah, barbecue. Well, yeah. You know,
0: we had hot dogs and bacon. Yeah. So
1: they look delicious. By the way,
0: I they saw that were. picture. They were. All right. So here we go. So I am going to set up my phone on this little tripod because I'm going to record this and I'm actually going to post the video of us drawing this name to Instagram after we do this drawing. Yep. So. All right. Uh, let me make sure this is on the camera. That's good. OK. So let me load this over here. OK. Push the button. Ah, That's annoying. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Let me hit record. All right, so we're about to draw the winner for the Disney Infinity 3.0 Mickey Mouse. Live on Pocketeers. And our winner is... Rick R. Rick, congratulations. You're going to receive an email from us very, very shortly.
2: Congratulations, uh, Rick.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This was our first giveaway. And there's going to be plenty more, guys. And it was
1: a really cool prize, by the way. I love that, Mickey.
0: I know. I'm telling you, man. Noah saw it. You know, my five-year-old saw it, and he was just, when am I going to open it? We need to open it. Well, ha- I need it. I need it now.
1: Javier saw it, and he said the same thing. Good thing he's not here.
0: Well, I'm glad he's not here because he may have run out with it. I think he, yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> what did he say last week? That he licked it? Yeah, he <laughs> licked it. Yeah, He did not lick it. I think we made that clear. Just so you know, guys, it's actually put aside in a very, very safe place so that Javier couldn't even touch it because we knew that he may actually lick it. Yeah,
1: it was in sanitary hands, guys. Believe
0: me. Should we do random Javier again? Yeah, I think we should. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So, So apparently random Javier does nothing but laugh. Yeah, exactly. So... That's fine. Why not? It's contagious. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the last week, uh, the listeners didn't hear this, but I ended the episode with singing the rest of the yeah. P.O.D. Yeah. song, <laughs> and uh, uh, I faded it out. But no joke, we probably laughed for like twelve yeah, or fifteen right. minutes <laughs> after that. That's right. Because for some odd reason. We just sang the song, and then we would laugh. We would all kind of take a breath, and we would just bust out laughing again. So that's, the, uh, that's what happens when you have a lot of beer. That's right. <laughs> well,
1: when you guys have
0: a lot of beer. Oh, yeah. It's a little different for you when you're not drinking, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Yep. Makes sense. I think it is. Uh, are you sure you don't want to do a cheat day today? we can get tacos? Oh, I do, but I can't. But it's tacos.
1: I know, but if I have to give Javier an annual pass this year, I'm going to blame that taco for it.
0: Uh, I don't want to be responsible for that. So uh, instead, I'm going to say, great job. You, Thank you. You are doing fantastically. You are a stronger-willed individual than I, and I admire what you are doing.
1: I mean, hardly.
0: Cheers to you, sir. Thank you. I will have your tacos in your name.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes.
0: (laughs) And I will wait till you're gone so that you are not tempted. Even better. (laughs) I know. That's how good of a person I am.
1: You just want your furniture thrown around (laughs) because I'm (laughs) (laughs) hungry.
0: No, I don't. All right, guys. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can send us an email to comments at podcateers.com. If you want to find out more about us, or any other podketeering needs, head over to Podketeers.com.
1: What is a podketeering need?
0: I don't know, but I said it last week, and nobody seemed to object to it, so I figured I might as well... I don't know, it might involve eating bacon or drinking beer or something.
1: Yet again, things I can't do.
0: But they're needs. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But if you guys want to find out more about this or any of the other episodes, head over to podcateers.com. While you are there, make sure that you check out our free birthday shout-out list. Uh, Check out the gear page where you can check out some of the shirt designs that we've made. And if you'd like to sports and Pocketeers gear while you're, I don't know, at the park or at Target, uh, at the Chili's, I don't know. That's where I wear my stuff. (laughs) At the Chili's? Yeah. (laughs) Wherever you want. You know, it's It's a shirt. Uh, most places won't allow you to get in if you're not wearing one. So yeah. it's a good idea to wear one. Yep. And if it says Podketeers on it, that's awesome. Uh, remember that this episode was brought to you by Audible.com. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so excited about that. For your free audiobook, head over to pocketeers.com and look for the free audiobook image. Click on it, enter your information. You'll get a 30 day free trial and a free book that's yours to keep forever. If you don't want want the Walt Disney book, there's books about Pixar. There's books about Elon Musk. There's Doctor Who books. Hmm. There's Holly Madison's new book is on there.
1: Does she actually read it?
0: Yes. Really? Yeah. Lynette's actually listening to it and she's loving it. Wow. Yeah. So if you were a fan of Girls Next Door, Holly's World, any of those shows, check out Holly Madison's book. It's free. Sign up again at audibletrial.com slash podcateers or by finding the download a free audiobook image on to sign up. Uh, A quick reminder that July 12th is going to be the Podcateers movie meetup. That's right. We're going to be meeting up at Downtown Disney. So that's coming up next weekend after this episode launches. Yep. We're going to be watching Inside Out. So after Inside Out, we're going to be getting together at Trader Sam's. We're going to have some drinks, have some food, and it is on a Sunday, which is a good day for you. Yes, it is. So... Uh, We're going to be recording a segment for an upcoming episode, so I'm excited about that. Uh, The first one was really cool. We got a chance to meet some great listeners, and uh, we really enjoyed our time just spending time with them uh, after at Disneyland, which was really cool. So, Also, we'd like to congratulate Rick on winning the Disney Infinity 3.0 Mickey. Congratulations! Woo! Woo! So you're going to be getting an email from us very soon on how we can get you your Mickey, if you are local, I don't have a problem meeting you at Disneyland and handing you your prize. I'm just saying. I don't have to mail it. I could just meet you at Disneyland and just give you your prize. For
1: the greater good.
0: That's, that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a giver. That you are. I know. I'm a giver. <laughs> You're great. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and remember that at the end of this episode, we are also kicking off the Dreamer's Diary. With our pal, Gavin Otteson. Very cool premiere. I know. I'm very excited about it. We've Same here. We've been talking about it for so yeah. long. I'm glad we're finally kicking it off. Uh, it was intended to launch at the end of the month, last right. month, last week. Uh, and then we ran into some technical difficulties, which is why it's happening now. It happens. But, you know, it happens. Yep. Like you said, it happens. So, have you heard any closing words? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he's here with us. <laughs> it doesn't get old. <laughs> it's like he's right here. All right, but in all seriousness, I hope you feel better, buddy. I know you weren't feeling very well uh, because you were enjoying Kaboom so much uh, with your picture on that quad. Uh, with the, you know, eagles flying behind you. <laughs> so, if you don't know what we are referencing, we'll post it. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> All right, again that is going to wrap it up. So until next week, here's to beers, cheers, and make it ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Deuces. Feel better, Javier. Hey guys, this is Hazen. I am standing right outside of the haunted mansion in the little backside of Harbor Galley. I hope you can hear us, okay? Because there is all sorts of stuff happening. Uh, there's people eating, there are rafts that are making a bunch of motor noises, which is a raft. It shouldn't make motor noises, but it is. And I have the pleasure of sitting here with friend of the podcast and listener. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to apologize to him publicly because I've been saying his last name incorrectly. I'm sitting here with Gavin Ottison. Yep. Is that correct, Evan? That's correct.
2: Thank. Yes. I'm so sorry. Hey, don't worry about it. Yeah. Every, nobody says it right. Nobody. Well, so I will you're, say you're correctly going forward. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
0: um, how's your How's your stay been so far? I know you were it's, on vacation
2: this week. Yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, this is day five of six in a row here at the Disneyland Resort, and yeah, it's been incredible. Of course, um, I have seen the Hatbox Ghosts.
1: Whoa! Countless Whoa! times. <laughs>
2: it's been uh, it's been great every time. Even though right now it's closed, we don't know why. No, but it's been a great trip. I've seen some awesome Disney bounders and just had a great time. Awesome, awesome. awesome.
0: Hey, uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of our little podcaster hearts for that amazing drawing that you did for us. Uh, I. I was speechless when you sent that to me. I'm not gonna lie to you; I got a little teary-eyed, and I'm not just saying this for the podcast. It
2: sincerely meant so much to us that you did that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I mean, I don't uh, do a whole lot of fan art, but I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. Basically, I think I started on episode seven, so I was a little bit behind. Good episode, you know. I. I went back to the beginning, and I list, binged that first week, and then, uh, yeah, I've just been listening to you guys every week, and just become a huge fan, and I don't know, I, the idea popped into my head, and it was really clear, and I said, I gotta do this, these guys are awesome, I'm just gonna have fun with it, so, well, okay. I have it here if you wanna see it yeah, in real
0: life. that would be awesome, I get to see this in real life, guys.
2: In oh, case I went on Splash
0: like Mountain. Mountain. Oh, yeah, Splash Mountain, that'll do it. Alright, sir. Oh, wow. It's got this cool little tape and everything that's got Mickey heads on it. <laughs> I'm not even going to take a picture of this. I'm going to dig right in. Do it. I'm sorry, guys. I, I want to look at this firsthand. Oh, my God if you guys saw the image uh, of this on our Instagram account and our Facebook uh, it was basically inspired by those old uh, like little I guess they
2: were, they were bumpers. concession Snacks, yeah concession right? stand uh, like commercials almost at the movies yeah they w- I think they would play during intermission during the old old movies and it was let's go out to the lobby and get ourselves a snack ah I love this so this is like let's go out to the theme park or I am gonna to have to take a picture of the actual
0: framed version. Uh, you know, like like I said, the the image that you guys that you guys saw online is fantastic. But looking at it in person, it's this is amazing. Thank you so much, Gavin. You're welcome. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Oh, I will. I will because this is staying at my house. I
2: hope you let the other guys look
0: at it. They can look at it, but they can't touch. Javier okay. likes to put his lips on stuff. So, I'm not going to let him put his lips on it or anything. (laughs) I mean, he's welcome to kiss it if he wants to. (laughs) He he probably will. (laughs) He probably will. Um, So, Gavin, tell me a little bit about what sparked your interest in Disney.
2: Um, Well, really with Disney, you know, obviously as a kid, growing up in America, I grew up going to watch Disney movies. But what really kicked it off for me was when I was uh, six years old, this is 1984, uh, my parents brought me and my little brother from Salt Lake City, Utah to Disneyland for the first time and that just, that ignited a just a passion for it really from a, an early age and I would spend the rest of the year just poring over my park map uh, dreaming that I was back here at the park. Um, and. Really, that's, that's when it started, when I was six. This was the year that the original new Fantasyland opened up. Oh, after wow. They you know, expanded it back then and added Pinocchio and turned it into the kind of medieval village that it is now instead of the fair atmosphere that it was before. Um, so that has kind of been the Fantasyland that I grew up with and that really just inspired so many things for me creatively. Um, really throughout my whole life. When I was younger, I really wanted to be an animator. Um, As I developed as an artist, um, my skills and interests kind of led me in different directions. Uh, I believe I could probably do animation, but that type of work wasn't really what inspired me. Um, So I got into all kinds of other things. In college, I did some set painting and was commissioned to do a mural uh, which led me into owning a mural painting business for a while. Uh, I did that for about six years uh, where I painted really large things on walls in living rooms and family rooms and on the sides of businesses uh, and kind of got burnt out on that for various reasons it's weird painting inside people's houses sometimes because you know people are weird at home. How long would one of
0: those take you normally?
2: Um, it depended, really. Um, but I would spend usually two to three weeks painting. Uh, you know, sometimes you're you're there in the middle of painting and, and you're in the flow and they say, oh, sorry, we have to go to the grocery store. You need to leave now. And so I'd have to pack everything up and mm. be like, okay, when can I come back, you know? And then some people would just say, here's a house key, come and go as you please. They were rare, but th- those were the nice... Uh, opportunities but you know after a while just kind of I felt like I did enough mural painting that I was I was good Uh, so anyway after the mural thing kind of wrapped up I spent a few years unfortunately not doing a lot of art and then it was about a year ago now that I decided I need to get busy again and I think I saw something on Instagram that somebody did and it was a miniature painting And so I decided to just give it a shot. And it was the opposite of what I had been doing, which was large scale. I went down to tiny scale and had to learn that. So if you look back in my Instagram, my first few miniatures are a little rough. Um, But yeah, I'm all about it now. I paint in inches, um, never feet. So, like, the piece that I, that I just handed you is five inches square, and that's really large for me right now. Yeah, so just trying to get it, get it going, get followers, and, you know, kind of like you guys are doing. Um, just, just really the, trying to mark it. What's the tiniest uh, miniature that you've painted so far? Um, I think probably I've done several two-inch by two-inch pieces, two of which I gave away during my trip here. Um, These are lucky people. Yeah, they, they, they were pretty pleased. I don't think I've painted anything smaller than that as a canvas. I, I feel like I've painted on some things that are smaller than that, but... Uh, I can't recall. I think probably two inches two square. Inches. It's about as small as I go. At some point, it becomes just novelty over quality when you just keep getting smaller and smaller. So... Uh, I tend to stay in a, in a particular range, kind of business card size to about 4 inch by 4 inch, cool. just so that it's small and so that it can be impressive that it's that small, but also you can still build in lots of layers of right. detail. And uh,
0: I don't know if you guys can hear this, but the, the Columbia is sailing right on by behind us. So
2: I don't know if anybody can see us.
0: We're going to try to wave. We're behind some trees here. No one is waving back. They are waving at the ducks.
2: They'll shoot that gun off here in a second.
0: I think they will in just a bit. I remember we were here with Dan at one point and, and they did shoot off the guns. You can hear them yeah, in I remember the member ground. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the miniatures that you make uh, are so impressive because there's so much detail, you know, and I know that it's difficult to get, you know, accurate faces or anything, but the way that you shade things and the way that you fill things in, you can tell exactly what it is, you know, from afar, from up close. Obviously if you get a magnifying glass you're going to see that, you know, it's a few brush strokes that are right. just simulating a silhouette of a face or anything like that. Right. But I'm just, I mean, it's so impressive that you can actually paint that small, and I mean, I absolutely love it. I can't paint with a large brushstroke because I have so much coffee and caffeine in me. I, I'm surprised, you know, I could take fairly sharp photos, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love that. But, um, people eating next to us. So um, you said you were kind of into animation at one point. Uh, You know, my brother and I were really big into 3D animation. Mm -hmm. Mario actually wanted to do 2D animation, and so did Javier at one point. Oh, cool. You said that it just kind of wasn't you, that it it didn't really jive with you. What was it about it that you thought was going to be difficult as far as actually, you know, doing that for a living?
2: Yeah, you know, the thing that really... um, There are two things. Um, If you look at my... uh, Art that I've posted on Instagram, you'll notice that probably the vast majority of it is landscape or structure and less uh, character-driven. Not a lot of figures. Um, that that's part of it. I don't enjoy painting a character as much as I do a setting for a character, oh, okay. a scene. Um, which is part of the reason that I fell in love with Disneyland, is because everything's a scene. You know, you're walking into these stories. You're, you're standing amidst, you know, we're in this little harbor right now, and if you just look across there, it, it looks like we're in a tiny little harbor. You right. know I mean? You look over here, we got a river, and I don't know. They just, they're so great at placemaking, and that's what I like about um, the art that I do, is I feel like I'm creating a scene or a moment... Uh, and it's not as character-driven as I feel like to be an animator, I mean, you're animating the things that are in motion, which is the people, or the animals, or the characters, and I wanted to be one of the artists that did the layouts and the scenery and things like that. So, on that side of things, I you know, I still have that back-burner dream of painting backgrounds for Disney movies, um, so, so
0: keeping keeping kind of uh, on that, uh, do you have any any Disney artists that inspire you? Like when you look at the work of a guy like like Tyrus Wong or Ivan Earl, or you know uh, these fantastic painters mm-hmm. that would make these types of backgrounds? Yeah. Uh, do you look up to any of these artists or anyone in particular?
2: Yeah, I definitely do. The first one that I became aware of uh, was actually James Coleman. Uh, i think the last film that he worked on was beauty and the beast he, he was a he did some of the background paintings, like that first scene where you're kind of panning through the forest and looking at the castle yeah that's that's him i became aware of him right at the end of my uh my senior year in high school and he was the first one that kind of sparked my interest in oh i didn't even think about there's this whole other category of animator who just paints the scenes uh so oh. that
0: they are overly excited after that drop on splash mountain <laughs> sorry man yeah, that,
2: that guy was really excited yeah. <laughs> uh but like you you mentioned ivan durrell um probably him and then mary blair would be my two favorite artists because they pushed the boundaries of color and shape and texture in the films that they worked on I mean, when I think of Ivan Durrell I think of all that rock work and stonework in the castles and scenery the, the bark on the trees in Sleeping Beauty I mean, so super stylized and yet bold and filled with color and light I just I really love that, and that's the kind of stuff that I aspire to. And Mary Blair is the same—a a totally different style, um, much softer uh, textures and, and shapes and palettes, but just still so bold. And the lighting that she creates uh, in her in her work is just breathtaking. And those are the those are probably the two that I I just look at and. It, it gets me excited to be able to create and uh, I hope that I capture just a little bit of that when I, when I, I, think I create you do.
0: I, I, I think you do. Uh, like I said, I, I look at your work and the, the one that sticks out in my head the most is this one piece that you did of Big Thunder kind of at sundown. Oh yeah. Man, Every time I think of your work, I remember <laughs> that piece. And like if, if somebody tells me your name and I close my eyes, well now I see the Podcateer's piece. <laughs> but before that, I would see that Big oh, Thunder thanks. piece and uh, I think you do bring a lot of life to it. Uh, you know, like you said, these artists are so great at creating layers and giving these objects life. You know, uh, with the shading and you know the highlights that they add to everything. You know, you're creating that depth illusion, and I think a lot of what you do does the same thing. So oh, thanks.
2: Yeah, that the lighting and and color is. I mean, that's what painting is, really. That's that's really what art is. You know, you use a few strokes to indicate something, as you said, and you use colors to indicate light. And if you get it in the right combo, you've got something that's magic. So it's just what you're always shooting for as a painter. Tell me a little bit about how you
0: developed your craft.
2: You know, when it comes to painting, I am almost completely self-taught. Um, I have a lot of art in my background. I have a degree, an art degree, in graphic design with an emphasis on illustration. I was in art classes since I was a little kid, so I've had a lot of training, but it was always drawing, uh, and I did some sculpting, and I did a lot of photography, and a lot of art history, and all of those things taught me things about painting but I never actually received any painting instructions so on that level it's been just a process of exploration of trial and error when I first began painting I felt like I was just drawing with paint instead of painting Mm, because I knew I knew drawing very well I, I could draw from an early age but I never really put a paintbrush in my hand consistently until I started the mural business uh, in about 2000 so at that time I was already well into my 20s so you know I've spent the last 15 years just playing with paint and applying what I know and studying Ivan Earl and Mary Blair and you know other artists Van Gogh, Rembrandt you know just the people that I Uh, admire the most just studying their paintings and studying the the brushwork and the layers and the lighting and that's really uh, the biggest thing about art is is it's it's first an observation you have to learn to look and uh, once you learn to see what you're looking at and observe it with an artist's eye you can start to dissect it and figure out okay well how am I going to recreate that and you know, it's a lot of just, I guess, analyzing a scene, breaking it down in your head, reconstructing it on canvas, and there it is. I mean, it sounds really simple, but it's a, it's a long process of learning subtle observation.
0: Yeah, you know, as, as a photographer, I appreciate those comments a lot, and, and I completely understand what you're talking about, because when you think about the limitations of what your camera gear is able to do, Especially with different lenses, you know, Mm -hmm. you you take a lens that has a particular f-stop And then you think of what the dynamic range of your actual eyes is if you don't Begin to want to train your eye to see the way that your camera is going to see the world Mm -hmm. You're never going to be able to fully control what you're doing. You might get lucky you might You know get those shots that you can kind of tweak in the end uh, But it's even a skill that I'm still working on, you know, I I personally, I think I've advanced a lot in the last year, but I know exactly what you're talking about because you have to teach your eyes, you have to teach your mind to restructure everything that you're seeing so that it becomes a flat object, but you're still displaying that dimensionality that you mm-hmm. saw in the real world. Yeah. So I, I completely appreciate it and I know exactly what you're talking about. So you, you said you were in art classes since you were a child.
2: Would you say that your family, everybody, was really supportive of that? Yeah, my family has always been very supportive, but completely non-artistic. I'm the black sheep of the family in that way. Uh, my grandmother does a lot of uh, folk art, really intricate quilting and, and um, kind of some folk art painting but really don't have any creatives in my family, so I've been an enigma to them a lot. I've been confusing to them at times, but they've always been very supportive. So I always had the freedom, even as a young child, to pursue art. I uh, was always given the chance to take an art class if I wanted to, and uh, I wanted to, so I did. And I mean, as early as I can remember, I've always been learning and had a pencil or a pen or a marker or a paintbrush or something in my hand that I can create an image with. Uh, I know you sketch a lot. I've seen you posting on Instagram
0: doing random sketches and everything. So considering that you worked in in so many mediums, you always had a pencil, pen, whatever, like I was saying, you, I've seen you post a lot of these little sketches and everything on Instagram. What's your favorite medium to work in at this point? Is it painting, or what would you say is your favorite?
2: You know, up until about six months ago, I would have told you color pencil, uh, because that's what I worked in most often when I was just doing my own things for my own enjoyment. But, yeah, it's painting now. Painting. It, it really has changed for me. I feel like the last several months have just been really eye-opening and I've found myself just feeling joy when I'm painting in my little studio in my apartment in dreary Oklahoma where I live it's what brings me happiness and the fact that I often not always but often am painting scenes from the happiest place on earth it's double the fun Uh, have you ever been to Disney World I went once when I was young. It was 1989, so no Animal Kingdom. It was the year that MGM Hollywood Studios opened up, and that summer they had, I think, three attractions, and it was a six-hour wait for everything. So we went on the great movie ride and then went back to the Magic Kingdom. I remember enjoying it a lot, and I loved Epcot, but I haven't been back because... I'm so attached to Disneyland, Uh, it being the original, it being Walt's Park, uh, just, I don't know, there's just something special about this park in particular, and I really love it, and I love what they've done across the way at California Adventure, I think it's a beautiful park, I think they did a lot of really smart things there where they kind of grabbed some of the highlights of some of the attractions in Disney World, which is really smart. And then Radiator Springs Racers, Cars Land. Come on, forget about it. I mean, if I'm not in New Orleans Square, then I'm in Radiator Springs. It's incredible. Come
0: on, you have to say it. Hatbox Ghost. Oh my gosh! You have to say it so, uh, <laughs> after experiencing Hatbox Day, uh, Hatbox Ghost Day. Yeah, you can't yeah. not mention it.
2: Yeah, like
0: I said, Radiator Springs Racers and Cars Land, fantastic. But come on now,
2: it's really Hatbox good. Ghost. It's really good. <laughs> it, it's. I know you guys spent that whole podcast <laughs> talking about it, but it's worth talking about. The effect is amazing. It's really spectacular. With the yeah,
0: it I is. mean, I, I just, I can't get, I was, I know that, you know, we posted the hot dog on a stick was was a little sad. But, yeah. you know, I think I'm just kind of putting a little bit of myself into that <laughs> post because I was a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing your message when you texted me. I hate to tell you, but the mansion's closed. Yeah. My jaw dropped
2: and you know. I was a little sad. But we can't see the entrance from here. So it is possible that it's open. We don't know. Well, I say we go give it
0: a look, and Let's if it's it. open, we ride it, and if it's not, we find something else to ride. All right, sounds good. Well, Gavin, thank you so much for the time today. Hey, thanks uh, for having me. It's It's been a real honor.
2: Uh, it really it, you know,
0: an honor to have you. Like I said, this drawing, uh, it means a lot to us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, I think you're, you're very, very talented. I would like to see you. You know, maybe move to California and do some stuff out here. That's the
2: plan, Disneyland. If you're listening, I need a job. (laughs) So do. No, I'm kidding. (laughs)
0: All right, uh, we're going to go try to ride something. So, again, Gavin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And um, we're going to try to go grab a churro, maybe get a ride or two. So, until next week, here's to Beers, Cheers, and Mickey Ears. Have a great week, everyone. See you guys later. (laughs) That was perfect.